ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 66 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict and uh, with me is uh, Andrew Hall, co-host Andrew Hall. No guests this week, we were supposed to have the three of us but Scott was feeling a little under the weather so just going to be me and Andrew with you guys this week. Uh, talk about some stuff from week four and then just get into a lot of good dynasty talk here. So, uh, Andrew, yeah, we got the game going on tonight as usual. I think somebody just scored Tyler Lockett. It looks like, uh, Robert Woods is back tonight, six for 67 already. So, uh, h- how you feeling? What you, you, you watching this game? I'm watching, but I think I'm on a delay because I, I don't have that. That <laughs> is terrific. Great. Uh, there, I see a penalty on my screen here. So, no, that's uh, it's it's. I'm just happy again. I'm always happy when there's football on. I'm always glad to be on this and talk. And I know we uh, we had some time off there, which was nice. So it's good to be back in the host chair, kind of, and, and get ready to talk some football with you. Yep, we had to we had to miss a week. I think for possibly the first time since we started the pod, it just worked out. We have we have three hosts now. None of us could get on last week, uh, but we're back, and we we'll, we should be back every week going forward. So hopefully you stick with us. Uh, so. As usual, we'll get right into the 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 injury news for for the past week, week four. Uh, one of the big ones is uh, uh, David Montgomery had a knee sprain. Uh, thankfully, it looked like it might have been an ACL. He looked in a lot of pain, uh, but they're saying four to five weeks. So, uh, D- Damian Williams is next man up. Uh, is Damian Williams someone you're interested in on a contending team, Andrew? I mean, as a trade target, sure. Yeah. I mean, send an offer, see what you can get. I mean, I don't think I'd offer anything more than a late second at this point. If you're contending, hopefully it's late and cheers. But I mean, I'm not out there actively trying to get him or anything. But I think it and it this the way this year has gone with all the injuries and stuff that we've seen and all the the craziness at the running back position with you don't know what's going to happen. Like Miles Gaskin last week just disappearing on us. I feel like any running back is a good running back these days. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try to get Damian Harris a couple places, but. I don't know. I'm not selling the farm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, too. I actually the, the biggest takeaway for me is of this is it might be an opportunity to buy a Montgomery low because, I mean, I, he's a real solid back. He was already kind of undervalued as it was, and uh, he, he was looking pretty good this year. He, everybody was horrible in that in that first Justin Fields game uh, where Andy Dalton went down or no, I think the one where he started where, yeah, the, against Cleveland where where it was like nine sacks and they couldn't do anything. But but other than that game, he's been pretty good. So uh, he, he's a guy I'd be looking to target actually more than Williams. I think you can get him if you're, you know, if you can afford to just keep him on your bench for a little while. I, I, I like that a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, Montgomery is one of those guys that I think came into the season with with a really, I don't know, a polarizing hype, right? A lot of people were like, oh, my God, he's amazing. And I, I, he dominated down the stretch and won me my title. And then you had the other camp that was kind of like, I don't know, I feel like he his schedule was weak and he didn't really earn it. I mean, he, he was kind of all over the place. But in the beginning of the season, he was doing well. So, yeah, I think Montgomery is not a bad option, but you put it well. If I can buy him low, I'm in. But I'm definitely not, again, not not sending the farm for him either just because he's hurt now and these kind of things can linger. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it for the long term. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, another, another major injury and not in terms of length, but in terms of the, uh, the, the, the level of the player was Joe Mixon coming out late in that, that Thursday game. We've heard this week. before, haven't we? Oh <laughs> exactly. my goodness. Oh jeez. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's funny you say that. Cause I, it's almost like after this, I kind of feel like I'm almost out on Mixon. He had that big game one. Then he's been kind of, you know, that, underachieving Joe Mixon for the last three games afterwards. Uh, I, I'd wait. I mean, you got to wait till he comes back, but I'd probably be looking to sell him if you can. I, I just, I keep, I keep thinking the talent is there, but it's just, it never manifests except for these occasional bursts, you know, that sometimes they last for a month, but I just, I can't do it anymore. He's, he's 20. What is he? I think he's 25 now. You're I, off I that look, train. Yeah, I, I just I, I was high on mixing coming into the season too. Uh, the offense, you know, assuming Burrow was healthy, they had the three receivers. Uh, I figured he was going to he he was going to have the lion's share of the receiving work. But they are actually putting P Ryan in sometimes the way they did Geo. Uh, I think in the first game he was getting a lot of the a lot of the passing work, but uh, a lot of the snaps even on like third downs and things like that. But but since then, it's kind of tailed off some, and Samaje has been coming in. So, are you with me? Are you with me, Andrew? You you out on mixing? I feel like your your deep sigh was exactly what we needed. Just <laughs> man, like what yeah, the heck do just, we do with this guy? You know what I mean? He's got the talent, he's got the opportunity, but he can't stay healthy. I mean, like what the heck? He, the only ability that matters is availability, right? Like you got to be on the field to score points, man. It doesn't matter how good you are if you're on the couch. Um, I do have mixing on on one or two teams. I want to say and. I'm not necessarily selling him. You said it well too. You can't sell him now. You can't trade him away now. You got to wait till he does something. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think this is going to be like last year where he missed a game and then missed a game and then missed a game and then you know what I mean. Like I don't think that it's going to be like that. I think it, this is a, a mild ankle sprain from what we're hearing. He definitely missed practice. He, he definitely could miss this game. I don't think that that'd be too shocking. I think even they're coming out now. I think I just heard this before we got, came on that. He is basically out this week that the offensive coordinator said that Mixon's not going to play. They're going to split carries between P. Ryan and Evans, which I think is a smart move. Give him a week off. But I mean, if it if it gets to be like three weeks of this, then then yeah, I'm probably done. Right? It's like I just he's he's got a short leash for me, and I'm a Bengals fan, so I, I want That's him to do right. well. You know what I mean? Like I, I just man, it hurts not to see him perform. <laughs> yeah, and then I remember last year too. I mean, it was supposed to yeah. be a couple weeks or whatever it was, and. He's coming back. He's coming back. We're not putting him on IR. He's coming back. And well, but see, the, the main difference there was last year the team was was not doing anything. They they had true. no reason to like rush him back. It was kind of like let's wait and see how the team does. If the team does well, maybe we hurry him back. The team's three and one right now. We're we're atop the division, the only team in the end or the AFC North with a divisional win against Pittsburgh. So I mean, like we are in theory the best team in the AFC North with maybe some quote fingers around that. Point being though, that's a whole reason to rest Mixon for one game. Let's just. Take a breather here. Let's let's let him get his ankle healed up and come back when we need him. So I think it's a slightly different context. But yeah, if it goes on a couple of weeks again, I'm cutting a cord. I'm out. I'm with you.
Yeah, yeah. I just, I like I said, like you said, I, I just can't do it anymore. So, <laughs> I, like an abusive I had, relationship, right? It's like at some <laughs> point you're like, I'm out, man. I can't take it. <laughs> I, I kind of had that with the OBJ. Even going into last year, OBJ, I, I was, I was mostly out, and then he got hurt, and I was just like, yeah, I'm done. And yeah. I know some people were like, oh, he's he's going so late. He's, you know, this is a value. Get get OBJ. I was like, no. <laughs> well, I did it in a couple me. places because the price was right. It's always about the price, right? I think I got him for a third in one league because somebody was just like, they're like, I'm done. I'll take anything for him. And I just sent him a trade in like within minutes of him saying that. And it was <laughs> just a third for it, just to see what he would say. And literally five minutes later, accepted. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll take that. I mean, I'll definitely take OBJ over a third. Like what the hell is a third anyway? So that was one of those, just the guy was done. You know, he was fed up and I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I might have even bought him for a third, even though I was out. But, <laughs> but. I, I, by mixing for a third, right? Anybody's yeah. worth a third. <laughs> the player. I, we, we talked about this before. Like the players are almost always worth more during season than the picks. Might as well Let's see what happens. The right, late ones. Right. And uh, this one's a little more minor. Logan Thomas. Uh, they put him on IR, hamstring injury, out four weeks. I don't know. This has a lot of uh, fantasy impact. I mean, some people were starting Logan Thomas, but if you were depending on Logan Thomas, you're in trouble. Um, so yeah. uh, maybe it gives a little more volume to, to, to the other guys. McLaren, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Samuel coming back now, especially too. Uh, he got, I think four for 19 last week. Yep. And uh, uh, any thoughts on Logan Thomas injury? You should move on to the next one. Well, I mean, I, I Logan Thomas is one of that, you know, second tier of tight ends. There's 20 tight ends deep. You know what I mean? Like just right. nobody knows what to do with. So there were definitely people that had him and that rostered him and that were trying to find a way to get him in the lineup. And now that that's gone, they might have to go down to like an Evan Ingram or something, right? Like they, you know, deep dig deeper in the tight end. Well, which could get annoying or like a, a Tyler Higby who's going tonight. Um, I think the weird thing about that, the, the thing that made me to kind of take notice or at least made my eyebrows go up was the team signed Jay Sternberger. I was just going to like, that, that's yeah. an interesting angle there. Like if they're signing someone that quickly, that makes me worry that it's a hamstring injury can linger and all of these, but like, it makes me worry that maybe they didn't feel like they had the depth. I don't even remember who the guy was behind him, but it must not matter. And the fact that they're bringing in a guy who kind of got shoved Ricky, out of green Ricky Bay. Seals Jones, by the way. Is Ricky okay? Well, either way, so like I'm not worried about Seals Jones too much, but I just think that I, I picked up Jason a couple leagues because of deep leagues where I'm not so contending just to be like, who knows? You never know. So that's where I think it's more interesting just to see well, who fills that void. Could be Samuel, could be one of these other guys, might be nobody, right? Who knows? Yeah, I think that's maybe the only takeaway to take from this. If it's even in uh, you know, di- deep dynasty leagues, Jay Sternberger is going to be on waivers in most leagues if if he wasn't picked up by by Andrew or me. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, but but yeah, so that, he might be an interesting flyer to just pick up and see what happens for the next month. Uh, you know, he got out of favor in Green Bay once once Tunyon emerged. So, um, but but he's a guy a lot of people had. had, had decently high hopes for when he was drafted so yeah could be interesting but yeah i i, I don't expect much from sternberger or seals jones so no, waiver wire pickups at this time of year in dynasty you're you're just hoping for some sort of value bump to trade for a third you know exactly. what I mean? like somebody out there is hoping for something that's, that's why true. i always tell people every time i talk to people on twitter and they dm me or whatever i'm always like what's on your waivers like go turn that bottom of your roster you never know what you're gonna get sometimes let's say you do it 20 times in a season you know you get 20 different guys in your bench and they never do anything but that 21st one does and you feel like a winner. That's what it's all about. Just keep churning it, right? Go get Le'Veon Bell. Go get whoever you, Gallman, who knows? There's a bunch of random guys you could have at the bottom of your roster. Might have value. You never know. 
Yeah, that, I mean that really is mainly the point of waivers in dynasty. You're not, you're rarely, rarely. It's like once a year, maybe you get a guy who you can regularly or even plug in for bye weeks, even then feel confident about. But right. uh, but yeah, like it's funny you mentioned like Alex Collins. Alex Collins is a guy I picked up a bunch before that, like two yep. weeks ago. I was picking up Alex Collins three weeks ago because he, he was clearly the handcuff there. Yep. I, I gotta I gotta start if he hopefully he has a good game. I'll be I'll be happy to take a third even for him if he has a decent game this week. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure where he's at now, but uh, 3.3, I think in standard, I don't think he's got any catches, but like 33 yards. I'll take that. That's not bad in a half. You know what I mean? That's better than some players get for a whole game. Gaskin, not talking about you, but like, yeah, he's still got some value. He's doing all right. He's definitely getting the bulk of the carries. Yeah. And he, he, he looked nice last week with the, you know, I, I guess Carson was already banged up last week. Cause yeah. Collins got a pretty decent amount of run in uh week four as well. So, uh, if you can flip him for a third, that that's that's you know you basically money. gave Fab for a third. I'll take it every day. So yep, and I know that's what Scott would say too, right? The the, the portfolio dynasty player that Scott is, you know, anything yes. you can do to add value. That's Scott is probably screaming in his little bit of voice that he has left in his sickness. <laughs> He's probably screaming. That's exactly right, guys. I love it. <laughs> I hope so. Um, okay, another big one, DJ Chark. Yeah, this uh, one hurts. In the, yeah, also in that Thursday night game, fractured ankle. Looks like he's out for the season. They put him on IR. Uh, Ugh, you hate yeah. to see that. I mean, he's, he's a young player. He's got a lot of potential, and they're trying to build some rapport with Trevor Lawrence on a, on a team that really needs his help. And, uh, man, freak injuries, it just it's a part of the game. You just you hate to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely agree with that. It's, yeah, it's rough. And it, like, especially, yeah, he's, he's done for the year. Uh and it's been kind of interesting to see how, how things would shake out there. And now it's going to be, I guess, a little narrowed now. And it's basically Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. I'm not even sure who the, the third guy would be at this point. Uh, so it, I, to me, the play is to is to get Marv. Mar- Nobody cares about Marv. So uh, well, he's going to be cheaper. I agree with you on that. Visca's stock price just went up. I think this actually, depending exactly. on if you're contending or not, if you're not contending, if you're in the middle or you're rebuilding, I would almost say sell Visca, right? Like you might be able to get a first for him or something or like a first for Visca and a third or, you know, one of those things, right? You can maybe get a first out of this if you play it right and t- you know, target the right team. I don't think that's going to work in every league, but there are definitely wide receiver needy teams out there, especially with news like Ridley not going to London today, right? Like there's a bunch of teams out there that are trying to scrape together whatever they can off the waivers and put their bench in a way that makes it so they can get points this week. You know, now might be this time to strike and sell Visca. On the other hand, I I would love to target Chark to win to get him on my team if I'm not contending. Right, a fractured ankle is not good. And this is this is definitely an injury that it scares you a little. But on the spectrum of injuries, it's not that bad. It's not an ACL. It's not an Achilles. It's not a brain or neck injury or anything like that. Right. He Dak just came back from this. I think DJ Chark will come back. Might be a little slow to enter the season. Right. He's going to be one of those guys that we in the ranks down low at like wide receiver 30 and then when he starts out slow he goes down and everyone's like why are we double counting it's what we thought um so i think chark is someone i you know trying to kind of target if you can get the right price but i like to wait a week or two after the injury before i target these guys just because sometimes it's too fresh if you give them a couple weeks they start to forget about it so that's where i'm going i don't have him on a single roster and i'm betting in a couple weeks i get a couple shares <laughs> yeah I'm, i don't think i have any shark either I, I agree with you about lavisca uh, I have I only have one or two shares of him as well, but I have him on one league where I'm sort of coming out the other end of a rebuild, and I'm pretty heavy on right receivers because 
rebuilding. I, I tried to pick up a bunch of them and, uh, and I need some running backs. So I think I might try and see if I can get a decent running back for him. I there think you that's go. The, yeah. And it, it really helps. I think too, that he had the, uh, he had a really nice game. I think he had like 99 yards or something. I forget how many catches in that Thursday night game after after he left. But but I still think, like I said, I think Marv is, is an interesting uh, trade target because I still I think he's kind of been the wide receiver one, even when all three of them were there. So Shh, don't you're ruining it. Shh, don't tell people. <laughs> he, he, you're exactly right. Marvin Jones is the kind of guy that I love in Dynasty because he's he's going dirt cheap and his production value is still really high. His trade yes. value might be zero, but his production value is 20. You know what I mean? Like out of, out of 100, it's something, right? And in this, again, in this kind of season where we're already seeing injuries stack up and we're having issues with bye weeks that aren't even here yet. I mean, yeah, Marvin's going to be the guy that I would love to have on an add to my teams if I'm contending. That's someone I'm targeting for sure. Yeah, and even if the – I would give up – if you're contending, I, I'd be perfectly fine giving up a second. It's probably going to be a late second, mid to late second if you're a contending team. See, you might and, be able to pull something off like a second for Marvin Jones and Tyson Williams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like try to get one of those other flyers back that doesn't have a lot of long-term value. And there's a bunch of people after that healthy scratch that are just done with Tyson Williams. Maybe rightfully so. But like adding another player like that to your bench and you can drop Jarek McKinnon or someone. You know what I mean? Like someone else who's at the bottom of your bench. Why not, right? Do it like a, a second for two players that mean nothing. That could easily work. Right. Okay, we'll get to the, to the last guy we're going to talk about injury-wise, uh, <laughs> which is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, calf injury. Uh, J- Jimmy seemed to be indicating in his post-game press conference it was going to be a, a few weeks. Uh, but there's you know stuff coming out, and it might be gamesmanship from, from Shanahan or whatever, but stuff that, that, that he's still in play for this week. I believe he didn't practice today, though, so it looks pretty likely he's at least out this week, if not more. And I know the, the dynasty world is you know just waiting with bated breath to see a, a full start from, from Trey Lance, especially after last week. Uh, he, he put up, a, you know, depending on your scoring, 20-plus points. Uh, in, in a little over a half. Uh, so, although I will say, we, we've, I think both of us have been a little uh, vocal in our, our uh, not hate, but skepticism of, of yes. trailing. Uh, and you take away a play where Debo was literally, no one was within 20 25 yards. Open. yards from, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he underthrew the hell out of it. And yes. Debo was so open, he could come back and get it. He could almost stop, have a picnic, and then catch the ball. It was ridiculous. If you take out that play, I believe uh, Lance was eight for 17. I, I don't know the yardage, but he was eight for 17 for, for not a ton of passing yards. He did have 41 on the ground, which, you know, is the reason everybody loves him. Uh, but but I, I'm still skeptical. I mean, and to be fair to Lance, I mean, he came in in the middle of the game. He didn't get the first team reps. So he, he could certainly look better passing the ball next week. But uh, uh what do you think uh, with Lance and, and, and do you think Jimmy is, is Dunzo or uh, do you think Shanahan might actually go back to him if he's ready in a week or two? Well, a couple little things. I do think of all the coaches, Shanahan's the one to do gamesmanship like this, right? Like he's the one to pull this and, and kind of, I don't know, pull the rug out from under us and say, Nope, it is Jimmy at the last minute, but <laughs> I'm excited because I don't have Lance in any dynasty leagues. He went way ahead of everywhere that I was willing to take him. And, and again, Referencing back to, to Nick Whalen in that conversation that we had, he really kind of opened my eyes a little. I was like, yeah, maybe I will pass on him and take other other guys there and things like that. But all that aside, I, I just love the narrative of it, right? Like, this is the guy the Niners traded up for. This is their future quarterback. This is their franchise. 
I'm excited to see if it pans out. I'm not going to say I'm excited to be right if he's terrible, right? Like that's not, I'm not doing that, but it's just like, I'm curious to see how it goes, right? Like I'm, I just want to see it like everyone else. I just want to see if this guy that is what third overall pick, some fourth overall pick or third, I think it was right. Yeah. So like third overall pick goes to the Niners. They trade up all this stuff. Let's see if he's got it. Right. I kind of like the narrative of all that. And I don't think Jimmy G is done. I do think that this is similar to the Justin Fields experience that we just saw. I think it's a way to get Lance in the game. It's a way to get him some reps, a way to see what they have in store. But keep Jimmy on the back burner. I don't know, just in case. Right. Just let's see what happens and things like that. So, yeah, the only place I have Lance is in a, a home keeper league and I'm starting him over Tannehill because why not? You know, Tannehill's been kind of a dud this year. I don't know if A.J. Brown's going to play. It looks like he is. He's trending that direction. But again, like that offense is not what, what I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, maybe I need a little kick of something different. And let me put in Lance and I don't know, see what happens. Yeah, the only I, I only have one share of Lance, and that's in a, a rebuilding auction league where I, I, I won him in an auction. Uh, I, I picked up a ton of rookies and that I also have Mac Jones, a bunch of the rookie wide receivers. And so um, I'm interested to see how it goes. And yeah, I, I'm not... I mean, the way we've talked about it is it's not that we think Lance is necessarily bad. It's just that he's way overvalued. I mean, yes. there's just so much uncertainty with him. And yeah. and last week to me did not, despite everybody getting all hyped up about the, the you know, the 20 whatever points and a half. It didn't look that great. Yeah. I mean, I, did. I didn't watch every single snap that he played, I guess. I mean, I watched a lot of the highlights and stuff, but I, I wasn't impressed. But again, coming in off the bench, not really right. ready, rusty. That happens. I'm not going to not going to say his whole career is terrible because of, you know, half of a game of football. But it just it didn't wow me like I was hoping it would. Right. right that's what I was saying. Last week did nothing yeah. really to dispel our our skepticism. So, uh, yeah, it's just the uncertain. Like like I like we've said on this pod before, it's it's mainly to me that people people just look at that ceiling and the ceiling is tremendous. I mean, he could he could be I mean, if he can pass the ball better, better than we both think. I mean, he could be QB one with it. He, he's probably going to be like second to Lamar in terms of being able to rush the ball as a quarterback. Uh, so if he, but I just, again, I have my doubts about, about how well he's going to be able to pass it. We only saw one year, um, you know, at, at a lower end school at a, you know, not, not a top, uh, uh, you know, division one school. So uh, those guys just scare the hell out of me in general. So I, yeah. I hope for my one share sake that he does. Okay. But <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see it. And I do, I agree with you too about Jimmy that I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Shanahan goes back to him. I kind of feel like they don't really want to start Lance yet at this point. That they, you know, it's the, too early. Yeah, I think that yeah. their plan was to wait a couple of weeks. They got to buy, I think, in week six or seven. I forget. Like they they had a buy coming up, and I think that's when they're probably planning on changing the guard. And and Jimmy's calf made it happen early, so we'll see. I mean, again, it, it could be a disastrous debut, like we saw with Fields, where his first start did not go well. But it could be something great. It could be like a Burrow kind of thing or a Tuo, you know, like one of those guys that elevates after his first start. I just, I'm excited to see it, whatever it is. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so I guess we'll move on to the, uh, the you know, some of the stuff we want to talk about uh, after week four here. We got a few different uh, storylines, uh, you know, that we're looking at. And, and the one everyone's talking about this week. Uh, I, I feel like is is Cordero Patterson after after that. Oh my huge god! <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> talking about this guy. Yeah, yeah. You got to talk about Cordero. Yep. It's yep. it's kind of an amazing story, really. He's, you know, thirty year old 
quote unquote running back, uh, special teams player, right? Yeah. Just a jack of all trades. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, before we get into Cordero, uh, and I, I didn't put this on the sheet, so I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, Andrew, but uh, we used to occasionally on Junkies do commish topics, and and that's been a little bit of a point of contention on Twitter yes. and stuff too, is that especially MFL has him as a wide receiver. Um, what are your thoughts on changing that? You can change it um, as a commission, at least in MFL. Uh, which I just, I found out about, I think after week one or week two, and I did change him to a running back in all my leagues. Cause he's clearly, he's listed as the team as a running back. He's lining up on most plays as a running back. What do you, do you what are your thoughts on, on, should he be left as a wide receiver? Because that's what MFL has him as uh, sort of from a commission aspect, or would you be uh, changing it if you were commissioning a league? Well, I mean, it's sort of a cop out, but I got to be like, it depends, right? If, if he's <laughs> been on a team all year, he hasn't changed hands. There's been no trades. He wasn't on waivers. There was no fab. There was no, if he's literally just been on someone's team since August, I don't care what you do. Call him a tight end at this point. I really don't mind because the transactions, there's nothing there. If you want to make him have dual eligibility or just a running back, I mean, that's up to you, whatever you think your league is best to do. And I think every commissioner should make that decision for their league. However, if he was picked up off of waivers at some point since the start of the season or had had been involved in a trade, I don't think you can change him because the trade and the value and the fab, whatever you spent, all that stuff was all done with whatever he was at the time. Um, I was actually listening to the the CBS Fantasy Football Today podcast, and they were kind of talking about that. And I, I don't like making any changes to any leagues that I run during the season. Right. Once that ball kicks off week one, I'm done. I'm off. I'm not, I'm not, I'm managing different things, but I'm not changing settings. I'm not changing rules. I'm not talking about player changing eligibility. Like, Nope, that, that season has started. We'll talk about it off season. Right. However, like I said, the caveat is if he hasn't changed anything, if he hasn't moved hands and there are definitely dynasty leagues where he's been on the same roster for the whole time. And then I think that's probably not a bad deal because it doesn't affect anybody except for that one team and they get lucky. That's fine. That happens. So, I mean, I haven't had it come up at all. He was on waivers in the, the two leagues that I'm commissioning, and it was like, man, not a big deal. Uh, the platforms and his sleeper and ESPN, I think both have him listed with dual eligibility from the start, as far as I recall. So I don't think there were any issues there. MFL, sleeper, I, I think, was, actually has him as a running back. True, but I think you can still put him in a wide receiver slot. I think he's technically both. Um, I'm actually looking at him right now. Does say running back for his position. But even then, I've seen him in wide receiver slots. Maybe it's if you don't move him. Either way, point I'm getting at in all of this is it, it's the, the MFL has been kind of the only bugaboo that hasn't moved. And I kind of like their stance of, you know, hey, he was there at the we, beginning. It's up to you. Make a decision. But I don't think there's one thing that every league should do. It's just that's not fair. There are so many different ways that leagues get run. There are so many different mish styles and I don't know, groups of friends. It just makes sense to play it league by league kind of. Yeah, and I, I agree with you mostly on not changing things in season. I actually did, like I said, I commish, I think, six leagues. Uh, and to me, it was just – and the only reason I did it in season is because I didn't – I wasn't aware of the fact that on MFL you could actually change a player's position before. Ah. But I think I think it was between week one and two is when I did it in all my leagues. That's the only reason I didn't do it because I thought, I thought it was ridiculous. The guys are running back. Uh, if you have a problem with them being listed as the actual position, then 
you know, that's what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying to make it fair. I don't think anybody's going to complain. The only people that I could see complaining, and that's kind of what I'm thinking in my head of all of this is if he was listed as a receiver and I was looking at the fab going, I don't need another receiver, but if he was a running back, I might bid more, right? That changes the calculus for some people. And that's where I could see people getting upset. If you change it after the fact, that's not really fair. That's kind of where I'm at with Look, look at you there, because you just let sort of let into what the next question I was going to ask, which is, uh, which where do you think he has more value? Would you rather have him as a running back or a wide receiver? And it sounds like running back. Running back, for sure. There are so few running backs these days. And in some leagues, you only have to start one. It doesn't matter. And some you have to start three, and it matters a whole hell of a lot. Um, and I think, again, it, 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 that's part of why I think it matters league to league. I know that there are some that I'm in where it's a, you know, a 12 team, but you start three running backs and those running backs are vital. I'm starting Mark Ingram this week. You know what I mean? Like that is not ideal, but when you start 36 of them and you have backups and injuries, you get down into running back 40 before you know it. Right. So like in that kind of league, his value is insane. Uh, And taking away running back eligibility and making him just a receiver is, is not fair to the position, but also that's, that's what his value was when he was taken or something. Right. But right. yeah, I mean, it, there are so many wide receivers and even in PPR leagues, he's getting so many passes and catching all of all this stuff. And he's he's got so much value as a running back. It's it's almost like a, a cheat code in a way. And we've seen a couple of those in fantasy come by here and there. And I mean, again, it happens with tight end and wide receivers sometimes and tight ends are even harder to do. You know what I mean? There's so much so many fewer tight ends to start. So it's the same kind of thing. Receiver is the one position that nobody cares about. So when you add something else, then it becomes interesting. Kind of, I don't know, about that easy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I he's definitely because of the, there's more scarcity at running back, and yep. and even his um, production. Uh, I believe in in you know generic PPR leagues, he's RB two and wide receiver five. So if yep. even just looking at that, he's he's a little higher in the running back ranks, uh, and the fact that that there's so many wide receivers anyway. So yeah, yeah, to me it's easily I'd rather have him as a running back. Well, the in, bigger in question life. is does he maintain this? Does he sustain this kind of production? I mean, honestly, it's been 4 weeks, right? This is this is not just one week fluke. This is not a two week thing. It's been 4 weeks and he's a top 5 player at whatever position you want to call him. And that's not you can't ignore that. You know what I mean? Like that's not nothing. There is something to that. And so part of me is like, well, is is he going to keep doing this? Is he someone we should be targeting? Is he somebody that contenders should be holding on to instead of trading away, right? Like, when do you get out of this? When do you say, hey, enough, I'm off the ride? Because if you get off early, you could hate yourself for it, right? You, I mean, again, his value coming into the season was zero. He was on waivers in some leagues, right? And I know with the whole, you know, the Atlanta, we are they going to sign someone or not? They cut JV and Hawkins, who was that rookie that they kind of undrafted guy. And there was all that, who knows? Is it going to be Gallman? Is it going to be, they're going to bring somebody in there? All these question marks, right? And then all of a sudden, Patterson breaks out in week one, and he just keeps doing it. I mean, man, I don't know what to do with him. I'm I'm not targeting him in trades because I feel like his trade value is way different than his production value, or at least what his predictable production value is. And I really try hard not to overpay for running backs until I know I'm contending or until I'm that one running back away where I've literally got nobody on the bench, right? And at this time of year, I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 this is why I brought you on as co-host, Andrew. Man, you're, you're <laughs> again. That was the next question I was going to lead into, and, and you, you, you just, you just picked it right up. So I learned from I, Joe PCP. You got to keep segue, keep segue. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's interesting. It's it, what do you do with him? It's like if you're contending, do you do you try and, and cash out? Because clearly, a 30 year old running back. 
you know, who, who's got crazy touchdown efficiency through four games is not going to keep this up. And uh, he's not, I mean, I do think he will be a solid piece for the rest of the year, but there's, he's not going to be RB two uh, or, or wide receiver five. I, I don't believe, but he's and his usage is, 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 not indicative of someone that, and maybe, you know, because of what he's done, they start using him more, but I believe his snap share percentage in, in almost every game is like under 40%. It's so, yeah, 42 in week three. Yeah. He, he's not getting a lot of snaps. And even when he does, he's seven for 11, seven for 20, six for 34 is pretty good. But I mean, like he's not dominating on the ground. It's not like he's Derek Henry breaking tackles and running long things. He's just, he's getting open in the passing game because I honestly think that, defenses haven't figured out what to do with him they don't know how to cover him a linebacker cannot cover this guy so you end up having to drop a safety well now you're leaving yourself open on the back end it's something like calvin ridley and kyle pitts which we saw right and now with ridley being out i don't know if that helps or hurts patterson there's always that talk of like you said it before like narrowing the field right well now there's one less target to compete with yeah but that also means that cornerback can sneak down they can bring a nickel package more often they can put a corner on cordero and maybe that limits his upside because they don't have that threat. Instead of, I mean, instead of Calvin Ridley, you got what Frank Darby or something starting out there. That's I'm not <laughs> yeah. scared of that, right? That's a whole different game. So I, I do think that this week is a is a telling week. It's in London. There's a whole bunch of craziness. I, I'm not I'm not sure I'd be starting Cordero Patterson as like a top five running back, even though that's what he is. I definitely want him in my lineup because I think his he's too hot to get you know to get rid of, so to speak. Yeah, but and after you're, you're this week there's a buy, and week. yeah, yeah, after week there's a buy, and then maybe they reload and retool and do something different. I don't know. I just, I, I, I might be if he does well this week, I'm probably selling. Maybe that's the way to put it. I don't have him on any roster, so I don't have to make the decision. But I'm not yeah. buying either. It's just too risky. I actually have him on, on, well, when I say quite a few, I'm I'm talking like five or six. I I did pick him up in in various places um, early on in this little uh, spurt of a, a produ- production here. So, yeah, and that's the kind of the conundrum I'm dealing with is that, yeah, I'm a contending team in most of those leagues where I have them. I do think, though, yeah, the play, and I think it's probably, especially with now Ridley out, it's probably best to wait after this week and see if he does this again or at least does something, you know, good, uh, which yeah. I think he will. I mean, it's basically in the receiving game. What's it going to be? It's going to be pits in him probably. So, uh, yeah, I think after this week is a great time to try and move on. And I, I think I need to do that. I, I don't think you're getting, you know, RB1 prices for him or even wide receiver one prices for him. But but I, I don't expect that. If you can get if you can to me, if you can cash out for a second, that's 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 working, you know, working the dynasty game. Well, what do you what do you think? I'd love that. I would yeah. I would love to take I would gladly take a second for Patterson. Now, I mean, again, it's a homekeeper league. It's not dynasty, but. I had a I, I have a guy in my league who has both Davis and Patterson, and he was trying to trade me Patterson. I was like, "What do you want for Patterson?" And he goes, "I want a stud receiver." And I was like, "All right, what about Lockett? Right, he's wide receiver nine on the year. I know he's hot and cold. He's doing all right tonight. Got fifty yards or something already." And he was like, "No, no, no I need somebody better than Lockett. I mean, this guy's a top five running back." And I'm like, "Wait, hold on. That's the pass, brother. Like that. We don't know where that's going. And Lockett is wide receiver nine. That's about as good as you're gonna see. Like, what the heck?" I was like, what about Mike Williams? He's a top five receiver, right? Top five so far, Mike Williams. He goes, no, no, I need somebody better than that. I'm like, wait a minute. He goes, no, those numbers aren't sustainable. And I was just like, how is Patterson sustainable? We don't know that. Like, know. He's, it's what the classic, he's valuing his guys more. So no trade was made, which is fine. 
Um, but again, it just comes back to that old school adage of like, well, do you trust the past or do you try to predict the future? If we just look at the past, fantasy football is real easy, but it's inaccurate. You have to try to extrapolate out what are they going to do next? Defenses are going to figure him out. He's not going to get three receiving touchdowns every week. It's just not going to happen. No. Right. So like part of me says, this is your window to sell for a second. If you can get a second for him, please smash that accept button. That is totally worth it. But I don't think you're getting much more than that. Even if he does this all year, I don't see anyone giving a first. I just don't see it. So why not get out now and get out from the ride? Yeah, you're never getting a first for a 30-year-old player who who's never done anything in his career up until this point, and no one expects to have value beyond 2021. Yeah, it's I just mean, not going to happen. Even then, uh, his only value is to a contender who might be you know hard up against it and like having a bunch of injuries. I still don't see a contender. If I'm a contender, I'm still not selling a first for Patterson. No, you know what I mean. Like that's too. Even a late first is too valuable. You can get somebody much better. I'd much rather trade a late first for Joe Mixon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like someone who's down and out, someone who's like not doing great. David Montgomery, do a first and some other player for David Montgomery. I mean, like, those are much more stable assets. I'd much rather do that. I think the and I don't think this is going to happen, but I think the only chance you would have to ever sell him for a first if is if let's say 13 games into the season, he's still an RB one or wide receiver on whatever his positional designation is in your league. Then maybe somebody who's going into the playoffs says, okay, you know, this guy has done it for 12, 13 games now. I'm going to I'm willing to give up my what I expect to be a late first. But again, I don't I don't see that happening. I, I like I said, I think he's going to be a, a a usable flex piece going forward for the rest of the year. Uh, I'm sure. not big, you know, I'm not a big believer in Mike Davis. Um, so I don't think that's going to hurt him. And uh, I think they're going to keep finding ways to use him given this start. So I, I think he's going to be a solid piece. But. I don't think he's going to be that RB one wide receiver one in 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 you know eight weeks from now. So uh, it's highly unlikely. Like you said, I'd wait till after this week and hope that he uh, hope that he does it one more time. So maybe it drives up the price a little bit more and and you can get some kind of good player for him or something. But but yeah, I, like I said, I think I need to be looking to sell my share. Pretty much everywhere I have him, he's not someone I was really thinking I was going to be starting, and I think I'm starting almost every league I have him this week. So Might as well ride the lightning. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll move on to the uh, the next topic we wanted to talk about, which I wanted to get into the to the rookie quarterbacks. We haven't really uh, talked about, you know, we didn't have a show last week, and we haven't really talked about them much in, in the first two episodes uh, in season. Uh, but but this was the uh, the first week where all of them saw significant action thanks to Trey Lance getting in there. And I just wanted to get, you know, do a little discussion, get your thoughts, get my thoughts on on what, what you think of these rookie quarterbacks so far. So uh, you want to you want to pick one or two? You want to roll through all five? Uh, Andrew, what do you what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I do think Trevor Lawrence is still the best of the bunch. I don't think that that's changed. I don't think anyone would argue too much on that. I do think Zach Wilson has has performed admirably given his talent around him and the, the way that that team is built. I'm not a huge fan of what he's done, but I think he's, he's doing the best with what he has. Uh, I think Mac Jones is, is quietly surprising me. I think he's actually doing well for where people drafted him, especially in dynasty. I mean, he was a late first or even early second in some leagues. And I think he's paying off pretty nicely. He's not 
out there balling out doing anything crazy, but he's not turning the ball over tons and losing his job either. So that's fine. And, uh, yeah, I and think- with Mac, I just wanted to say, yeah, and this last game, they finally gave him a little more free reign because yep. they were scared. Everyone's scared to run against the Bucks, and, yep. and he showed he could do a little something. It wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, just the last two with Fields and Lance, I mean, both of them having really rocky up and down kind of starts. I mean, again, we're, we're saying Lance had a rocky start because that one pass was terrible. But at the same time, I mean, that's that's something you got to look out for. Um, but at the same time, I mean, all of these guys are, are starting. I think, I think honestly, I, I, I'm shocked that we've had all four of them in a game by week four. I thought that we were going to see more of them. I admit not Mac Jones. Obviously I thought Cam was going to start and that didn't happen. Um, and then obviously not Wilson and, and uh, Lawrence, those two are going to start day one, but I definitely thought that we would see Lance and fields probably week six to eight, somewhere in that range. So seeing them early, it was kind of interesting and injury laden, I guess, but I mean, I, I think it's hard to judge anybody, any any rookie on one or two games. So I'm willing to give Lawrence or uh, yeah, Lawrence and Wilson kind of a little more of a pass. I've seen them. I know what's up. Uh, but the newer guys and, and Jones, obviously, in that, too. But the newer guys with uh, Lance and Fields, I'm willing to give it a couple more weeks. But, man, I, I, I don't know what to do. Those two offenses, those two coaching staffs are both just, I don't know, a little, little wonky, if you know what I mean. Like Lance, especially, he could come in the game and dominate on the ground and not have to throw the ball at all. I'd be fine with that. Fields should do the same thing, but Matt Nagy's an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing. So, yeah, I guess we'll just – we'll see. Yeah, and I, I've made my feelings on Zach Wilson pretty clear. And uh, I, I will say I, I did think it was, a, you know, a good positive step for him that he, he played a pretty mediocre to bad Titans defense this week, and, and he looked decent. I mean, he did still throw a pick, um, but, but he won them the game, got him to overtime. And, uh, you know, he didn't look awful, <laughs> but but he did those those previous couple games, really all three games uh, in the first three games. He basically played one good quarter in week one and the rest of it was pretty putrid. So I, I still haven't really turned around my opinion on him too much. Uh, it's it's nice that he was able to do that against the Titans, but I still think of 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 the five, he's the most likely one to be a bust. And uh, like you said, like we mentioned, I've been impressed with Mac. He, he hasn't lit up the fantasy world, uh, but 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 he's 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 looking solid out there. They're asking him mostly to game manage until this game against the Buccaneers, and he's done it well. And uh, I I think he's going to progress from here. And I I think I don't think he's ever going to be you know somebody that people are clamoring for, but. But uh, my comparison people is, said that about Brady in his career, like early on, you know what I mean? Like no one's going to want say this kid. Brady was a game manager in his first year. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> it, it, he could be the next Tom Brady. I don't want to say that. That's not yeah, fair on the yeah. kid. But at the same time, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and I agree. Like he's not doing anything that makes me feel like he's, he's terrible, right? He's managing the game. He's getting what he needs done. I think this is the the perfect team for someone like that, where he doesn't need to be flashy. He doesn't need to win on the ground. The team's not asking him to do more than he can handle. I mean, it could be in five years, we could be look, look back on this and go, Mac was the best quarterback of the bunch. Who knew it's possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible. Yeah, I don't know if it's likely, but uh, I, I'm still, uh, you know, there's not been much fields is the guy I, I really liked. You know, everybody, obviously I, I had Lawrence at one, just like everybody else, but fields was right up there for me. Fields was uh, two really, for me. Yep. Yeah. Right here. And, and really uh, Lawrence hasn't even looked tremendous so far. Uh, he looked so better it, on Thursday. I got to give him credit. He did, he's he actually did. coming along. And even on primetime, you know, against Burrow in Cincinnati, I feel like 
that game could have been really daunting for the rookie. And he came out strong and gave the Bengals everything where they needed to take it to the last drive. I mean, that's impressive. You know, he didn't yeah. he didn't dominate in a sense, but he did everything you want a rookie quarterback to do in a primetime game. I mean, all, all power to you, man. That was well done. But I, yeah, I he's still clearly the number one. But I was with you. I had Fields on a talent level as number two. And man, he's he's making me nervous. But I think it's more that offense than Fields. Yeah, he. I agree. That's what I was going to say. That that Nagy, I think, is 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 the problem there. We may not see the 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 full uh, Fields experience until until year two, is what I'm worried about. Uh, he hasn't given me a ton of reason for encouragement in his couple starts in the NFL, but I, I'm still a believer. And uh, I, I I think I, I pre-draft I had them. I or not. I'm sorry. Post-draft. Well. Pre and post, I think I had them the same. I had it Lawrence, Fields, Lance, Mac, Zach, and, and I think that's still basically where I'm at after after four games, you know, of the season, seeing each of them a little bit. Uh, maybe Mac is a uh, as uh, closed the gap uh, with Lance a little bit, but uh, just like I said, I, like I said, he's the one I've been kind of most impressed by, even though he hasn't put up big fantasy numbers. He's been a pretty good real life quarterback. He hasn't been turning the ball over too much, which you see a lot of rookie Trevor's done, for instance. Uh, so, uh, it, would that be your your ranking of the five, or uh, how would you uh, ha- have them ranked at this point? Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I, I would probably I would probably put Mac over Lance at this point, just because I I, I like that kind of quarterback. I like the game manager stuff more. Um, nothing against Lance in that regard, but I just don't know if. I just don't know if it's really going to pan out, right? Like we, we just have so many unknowns and anytime there's a rusher, it's a high ceiling like we talked about, but that floor is terrifying. And, and fields, we saw the floor for fields too. And Wilson has a pretty, pretty low floor. I mean, the running game in New York for the jets is not much. I mean, there's just not a lot of help on that team. So, I mean, in all honesty, I might put Mac ahead of Lance, but you asked me in two weeks and I flip it. I mean, I'm not that hardcore on any of it, but, I am with you. I do think Wilson's still my last one, but I, I think I probably had Wilson third or fourth going into the year just because he was going to get the opportunity. And I didn't think Lance and Fields were going to get it until week six to eight, like I said before. So if you'd have told me that both Fields and Lance would have had a game time and played in a game by week four, I probably would have lowered Wilson a little further because I'm like, wow, well, okay, well, that adds to their value. They're producing earlier. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Wilson's got a lot of a lot of work to do. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback, unfortunately. He he definitely has fantasy potential. He's probably like quarterback 20 to 25, something like that for me, like a low-end QB2, and you might be able to snag him for a good deal. But almost anyone that's got him at this point, it wants their round pick back. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not it's not easy to do that. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I, I put out a tweet uh, a while back, I think after the draft. I said, to, the, the, I think this group of quarterbacks is going to, uh, you know, is going to kind of usher in a new new era here with these young guys, all of them at once. And it's they're all going to, you know, it's going to look really good. And we're going to look in five years and wonder with these quarterbacks and the Jets having the second pick, how do they end up with Zach Wilson? <laughs> so yeah, um, that's still kind of where I'm at. But, but you know, I, I, I'm not going to, uh, it's not quite like my uh, Rojo hate where I just have them, you know, I'm never going <laughs> to give him a blind a rage. Yes. <laughs> it's not quite that. So I'll, you know, if, he, if he, he, he can still change my mind, I'm just not there yet. But uh, <laughs> um, one other thing, uh, or at least uh, one of the, the next side of the thing we want to talk about, which is, uh, uh, oh, well, give me one second. 
Kyle in the chat had a, had a trade that he wanted to mention to us. Kyle Senra, uh, uh, he gave a 2023 first and a 2022 second uh, for David Montgomery. Did that one Sunday morning, week three. What do you think of that one, Andrew? I got to say, I like that trade. I know a lot of people are all about this 2023 class that's two years out. And I mean, my goodness, go get all the 23 first you can get. No, thank you, man. No, thank you. Give me the player. Give me the guy that I know. I like it. I really do. I like David Montgomery a lot. I think the way this offense is is looking, is shaping up, is a little confusing, but I still trust David Montgomery. And I, I know this may be a weird thought, but I look at the 23 first as about the same value as a 22 second. Right. Like in theory, if you have a 22 second and you want out of it, you can probably get a first the next year for that second. There's a year loss to production value. I, I'm definitely thinking that's two seconds for Montgomery in a sense. Sign me up. That's totally a great trade. And uh, Kyle mentioned in the comments as well, it's a, a 0.15 PPC too. So that, that helps Montgomery's value even more because he's, he's getting all the workload there. Yeah. Um, yeah, unlike unlike most running backs around the league, so it all helps. Yeah, yes, and in tiered PPR, where running backs get uh you know a full point, and wide receivers and tight ends get even more than that. So, uh, so he's getting full PPR points on any catches plus a point one five PPC. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I, I'm I'm hesitant to trade my 2023 first. I'm I'm buying into that hype a little more maybe than you than you, Andrew, uh, but. But I'll do it in the right deal, and I I think that works. Like I don't quite value it as a twenty-two second, but I also don't value it the same as I do a twenty-two first. Even though the twenty-two class is not supposed to be as good, there there to me, even when people say classes aren't that good, usually most of the first round, at least going into the rookie drafts, look good. And, you know, like this year, a lot of people didn't love the class and kept saying how it wasn't very deep, but but there's a ton of guys in that first round that I like. So pretty, I think that everybody. happens every year. Yeah, yeah. I think every first round is, is value. And I, I don't really like it when people say the 23 first is worth more than a 22 first. Yeah, Cause I'm like, you're losing crazy. a whole year of production. Like, what are you talking about? It's worth more. There's no way that's possible because you know, more information. You can trade that guy for a 23 first plus in a year. Like what the heck are we doing here? Not always. Right. But I mean, in a first round picks are usually pretty solid or usually pretty steady. And I don't think that, even a, a good class, I feel like doesn't have, I don't know, doesn't have bad players after pick 12. You know what I mean? Like there's still players that are getting opportunity. I feel like this year we had a lot of undrafted free agents in a lot of rookie drafts that I was in, which seemed more than usual, right? You had guys like JV and Hawkins mm-hmm. and I don't know, Felipe Franks. I remember drafting him <laughs> in one league. You know what I mean? Like all these guys, you're just like, I don't know. I mean, that felt really shallow to me this year. And so if, if everyone's saying next year is even worse, I don't know if that's true. We'll see when we get there. Like I can't predict that far ahead. Who knows who comes out? Who knows who stays? Too soon. Yeah. To me, the whole bad class thing, which a lot of people are saying about 22, that really affects more, yeah, more the rest of the round, second, third, fourth. Like yes. even this year, it fell off after about 205, 206. It was like off a cliff. There yeah. Got, yeah. And, and so maybe something like that's going to happen next year. But but I guarantee you, people are going to, there's going to be 12 guys people, you know, love next year. So, well, and I have to say this, and I know that you agree with this. If you're rebuilding trade for picks, they don't go down in value. Right. Even if it's a down class, that pick is still going to accrue value. Right. And even when you get to that point, let's say you've got, I don't know, three firsts and four seconds, but there's only six guys in the draft that you like and they're all going in the first round. Well, guess what? Trade two of your seconds and a player for another first. Bam, you got that guy. Right. It just gives you more assets to move. It gives you more liquidity. You know, draft picks are like cash and players are like stocks. Right. Cash is always going to be there. You want to put it in your savings account. You want to hold on to it. You want to have it accrue value. 
that's what picks are doing. So if you're rebuilding, put all that money in something safe. Don't get risky and let's get it figured out. You know what I mean? And Kyle, uh, you know, keeps chiming in here. I appreciate it, Kyle. He said, I definitely took Daz Newsom in a rookie draft. <laughs> Who I have him on a couple teams. I have him on a couple <laughs> teams on my taxi squad. Just hoping he finds a home at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I took way too much JV and Hawkins. I was buying yeah. into because, you know, Mike Davis was iffy and, and uh, I didn't see Cordero Patterson coming. And, and then they didn't, he got cut by them and they got picked up by the Titans and cut by them. So <laughs> didn't work out well for JV or me. It was a weird, but, <laughs> it was a weird off season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it looks like in this same league again, Kyle appreciate the comments. Uh, he said he, uh, he, the next week, just before, I guess, just before uh, Montgomery got injured last week, he said, I think this is before week four, gave David Montgomery 22 first, 23 second, got Nick Chubb and a 2023 third. I mean, okay, in value, I like the David Montgomery side. That's what but I was just thinking. Hindsight, that's a terrific trade because yes. you did just dodge the Montgomery injury. And I think, again, if if you make this trade right now, it's Chubb by a mile. Because I think if, if I'm looking at this and Montgomery's out four to five weeks, we don't know what we're going to get with him. It is point per carry. We were just talking about that tiered PPR and all this. Chubb still catches passes. I definitely think Chubb is a tier or two above David Montgomery. But giving up a first to jump that feels like a lot. But, again, looking back, hindsight 2020 – that's not a bad trade now. I mean, I don't mind sending a first and an injured Montgomery for Chubb. The second and third kind of washed. I mean, they're two years out, but yeah, I, I mean, I like Chubb a lot. I think that's a good move if you can make it. Yeah. And, and he put in here, the way it ended up working out between the two trades, it was basically Nick Chubb for two firsts and two seconds, which that's a little pricey for me. It seems a little I, steep to me too, yeah. but again, it's 22 and three. It's not like it's all next year or anything like, I don't know. I don't hate it, but it does feel a little rich. But again, give, looking at the David Montgomery valuation during this time was, whew, yeah, he did just dodge that bullet. That's for sure. Yeah. Chubb, I love Chubb. I mean, he, he might be the best pure runner in the league, but just for fantasy, you know, Hunt's, Hunt's capping that upside. So he doesn't, I, I think, and I think that's the thing that sucks too, is I think Chubb could catch the ball. If Hunt wasn't there, I think he'd be seeing Chubb getting three, four catches a game, maybe. But, yeah. uh, but it just—it's not going to happen. But <laughs> and he has—he has games where he's actually great for his team. Like last week, I think he had like 22 carries for 100 yards, which is which is great. But that only gets you 10 fantasy points. He had no touchdowns. So yeah, um, he just—I I like Chubb, but he's kind of that low end, uh, lower tier RB one. And I, I mean, I kind of think Montgomery can finish in that same area. So. I, I like his first trade. Uh, I'm not as high on the second trade. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I'm not saying I hate it, but yeah, I'm not as high. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Um, so another, uh, you know, point we wanted to talk about here was Alan Robinson. And uh, <laughs> um, on our sheet, our, our show sheet for tonight, I put Alan Robinson. What the hell? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, uh I just, I, I kind of wish Scott was here as, as oh, a man. Bears fan. I really wanted to ask him about this. Um, but I'm just going to let you talk a little bit, uh, Andrew, about what you think about Robinson. It's, uh, can you start him at this point? Are you are you buying him at this point because he's so low? Are you selling him as a 20 or holding? Or, or what are you doing? 
Man, I, I like the what the hell question because I think that kind of nails it, right? Like, what the hell, Alan Robinson? But no, for me, Alan Robinson is is a, is a is an enigma wrapped in a tornado, right? It, he's one of those players that I, I do like. I do think you can hold him. I do think if you have him on your roster, you're not getting any value for him right now. So there's no reason to trade him away. Uh, on the other end, though, if you don't have him on a roster, maybe you can catch a, a, another manager in your league sleeping or catch him upset with the timing and Maybe you can make a deal where it's something crazy like a Mike Williams for Allen Robinson straight up. You know, some of those single position trades are a little crazy, but I think there is definitely some some panic settling in on on the fantasy community. And especially with the way Fields has been just, I don't know, un, un, underwhelming, I guess is the word. I, I'm not I'm not loving Allen Robinson. It definitely seems like Fields has been targeting Mooney. Uh, it feels like it feels like Fields has been just ignoring Robinson, and all this time we thought Robinson was, you know, quarterback agnostic and can play with anybody. But man, I got to be honest, he's making me nervous. I have him in one or two leagues, and and every time I look, I'm I'm kind of I'm doing that thing where I cover my eyes and I look through this, the the two fingers just to be like, how bad was it? You know what I mean? When I'm checking scores on Sunday, and I'm just not a I'm just not a huge fan. So. I mean, of, of the player right now, I'm not a huge fan of the production. I am a big fan of the player, and I think it will eventually level off. So again, if you have him on a roster, I think you hold. Um, I don't think he's someone you can sell. I do think he's someone you can buy, but you're, you're going to have to find the right manager because you, you don't want to overpay for someone this risky. So it's really one of those where I don't, I don't think this is the kind of player you send an offer for. You kind of send a DM and just go, hey, are you looking to move Robinson? And you see what their their response is. If they put an exclamation point like "hell yeah," okay, that's my guy. Let me see what we can do. If they're like, "No, this is a fluke. I don't trust it," you can be like, "That's fair," and move on. Don't waste your time. But I think this is definitely worth a poke. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I and that's kind of where I'm at with them. I'm still starting him in a couple leagues this week, and he makes me nervous to start. But I don't blame you. I mean, again, at any minute he could go off for 12 catches and 170 yards. You know what I mean? Like. He's got the yeah, talent. I just I can't see this continuing. I I don't know what it is, but I mean the guy's been quarterback proof for most of his career. He's never had a good quarterback, and he's always a wide receiver one. That's why it's yep. that's why I put what the hell on the show sheet. I just like can't <laughs> figure out why he can't do like you would think. Dalton of all Dalton players or yeah. fields are probably better than most of the quarterbacks he's had in his career. Yeah, that's so, the running joke. We've all kind of made it or said it or seen it online, at least. Where it's like, this is the best quarterback he's gotten. It's the worst he's performed. I don't get it. What the hell, Allen Robinson? Yeah, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so real quick, we'll get into some uh, a little sort of mini segment here I wanted to do, which was what I called mixed bag players. Uh, guys who've kind of uh, been up and down through the first four weeks. You know, we've in these first few episodes, we've talked about guys or disappointments like Allen Robinson and guys, and certainly some of these guys will qualify as a little bit of a disappointment, I think, but, uh, and guys who we've been surprised by, but uh, I just, there's a few guys here that I wrote down that, uh, you know, that we talked about that are just, they've kind of been up and down. So the one, then the reason I came, the, the guy I had to start with, because it's the kind of, the guy kind of gave me the idea to do this was, TJ Hawkinson, because the last episode we did, yeah, two weeks ago, <laughs> I, I was taking the victory lap. You know, he's going to be elite. He's great. Uh, the scoring I'm using here, I'm looking at a, at a trade addict scoring, which is basically uh, for tight ends, it's 1.75 premium. So this will vary in, in 1.5 leagues. Or if you do have, 
you don't have a premium at all, obviously. But, uh, you know, he had 26 points or more the first two weeks. And then it's, you know, fallen off majorly. He had two for 10 in week three, four for 42 in week four. So I just, I'm, <laughs> uh, to me, what, the way I'm looking at it is, I'm not sure, you know, I would, I expected that he would not have the low of a two for 10. That's what I expected. Cause I'd said he was going to be in that elite tier. Uh, so maybe that doesn't happen, but I'm still not giving up hope for it. Guys have down weeks. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a, in 1.75, had a nine point week last week. It, it does happen. And, and he's played two decent defenses in the Ravens and the, and the bears. Not every team is going to be able to, to control them that way. And the targets were there uh, in every game, except that, that, you know, two catch game. He had eight uh, targets last week, even though he only had four catches. So I, I I still think he can jump into that elite tier. And right now in the 1.75 tight end premium trade addicts, he's still not that far off of uh, Waller. He's only 7.7.4 points behind Waller uh, on the season. And he's 17 behind Kelsey. So he's probably closer to that tier than he was last year. But he's because of these last two games, he's not necessarily – can you include him in there? So, so what, what do you think? Is this, is this a blip or is he going to be tight end three, tight end four, but still it's going to be Kelsey Waller than down here is Hawkinson. I, well, I think Hawk is by Hawkinson go out and buy him. I'm <laughs> telling you, like I I'm with you. I think he's still a stud. I think these are some odd weeks. I think the tight end position in general has these. I feel like Darren Waller had one of these last year too. It was like three for 35 or something. And it was like, Oh my gosh, is the sky falling? And they're like, oh no, no, we're fine. He's back to normal. Um, I think that the the Detroit offense looks a lot like the Las Vegas offense where their receivers are kind of who knows what we're getting every week. You got Quintez Cephas and Khalif Raymond and all these players on Detroit. And obviously the talent is better on uh, on Las Vegas, but it all funnels through the tight end. And I think Goff is still figuring that out. I think too, the week three where we went two for ten, where Hawk went two for ten. You know, they were the Lions were playing the Ravens and it was a really close game back and forth. It took that 66 yarder to win it. You know, like that was a wonky game. So I'm kind of throwing that one out. Last week, Hawk got eight targets. That's what you're looking for. That's that's the ideal. Give me eight targets and you're you're fine with that as a tight end. Sure, he got went four for 42. I, I don't hate that. I mean, I want more, of course, but I'm not going to go out there and say that was a bad week. Yes, it was underwhelming, but that's not something that I'm looking at. Like oh, they're, they're moving him out of the game plan, right? The team still wants him to get the ball. I'm fine with that. So yeah, I think he's still somebody I'm I'm considering in that three to five tight end range, right? And I, you know, you're right about the first two and then a, and a tier break. I don't think it's a massive drop, but it is a drop. So don't expect that it's going to be tight end one overall numbers. But in a couple of years, we might look back on this and say, man, we were way off. He is tight end one. I think he's got that kind of potential. Kid's only 24. He's still figuring out the league. So let's not freak out too much. In Dynasty, it's a long game. I, yeah, by TJ Hawkins. Yeah, and may, maybe I was a year early uh, on the he's going to be in the elite tier. But like I said, I, I still think it's possible. You know, you look at his schedule going forward, there aren't a lot of Ravens and Bears on there. The Vikings this week. You got the Rams, uh, which could be tough. Right? Yeah, but he's also got out. the Bengals, the Eagles. He does. yep. The, uh, you know... <laughs> Steelers are not the defense they once were and have had some injuries. Uh, he does have the Bears again, obviously. Vikings again. Yep. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of nice weeks in there, though. So yep. I-, I definitely think 
we're not going to see a lot more two for tens or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, like you said, I would still buy Hawk at his price. Uh, it's probably gone up a little. I still think if he doesn't do it this year, he's eventually going to be in that tight end one discussion. Uh, you know, we'll see. In, in terms of value, I think Kyle Pitts is still going to stay there no matter, almost no matter what he does. But in terms of production, I, I, I still think we're going to see Hawkinson get in there, especially as, as Kelsey gets older. You know, next year will be 33. Uh, Waller will be like 30. So uh, mm-hmm. I, they could start declining. So. Yeah, I, I'm still all in on Hawk, but I have been, you know, it, it has been a little disappointing these last two weeks. I I think he bounces back this week against the Vikings and we get another another big game, though. I agree. Uh, another guy we were going to talk about was uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. You know, he bounced back this week, uh, you know, the way we wanted to see him do. But uh after a solid week one where I think uh, I'm trying to pull it up here, he had, uh, where is Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor, 17.6 points, then 6.3, 8.2 in PPR scoring. He is a guy I'm a little worried about. Uh, the snap shares have been a little disconcerting. Wonky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's only getting right like 50% yeah. of the snap share that, that I thought that was going to go up this year. I really did. I thought he was going to be a bell cow getting 80% of the snaps. I don't think anybody expected him to get James Robinson share of like getting 85, 90%, but because they, they have so many there. 80% type thing towards the end of last year. Exactly. Exactly. And it worked. They were, they were doing well. The team was winning. I thought that's the, that's the makeup. That's what we want to do. And yeah, now, I mean, the snap shares, I'm looking at it here, it's 55, 45, 48, 51. Oh, that is not the trending number I'm looking for. That's a plateau right at 50. That that makes me nervous. I'm right there with you. I, I do think he has a potential to be a breakout and, and to be a bell cow and all that. But and he's facing Baltimore on Monday night this week. That makes me a little nervous. And you got Houston, San Francisco, Tennessee. All three of those are defenses I think he could run on. So I'm I'm nervous about Taylor, but I'm not freaking out. Right. Like I'm not panicking. I'm not selling. I'm not like, you know, fire sailing him or anything like that. I do think he's got a lot of potential, but I, I understand the the hesitation. Yeah. And, that, and that's where I'm at. I, I love Jonathan Taylor as a talent, but Hines, you know, steals a lot of that pass. And you occasionally get one of those games where they, they happen to throw, uh, you know, four or five, six passes to Taylor. Uh, and he pretty much catches everything thrown at him. Uh, which is like I said, it's a Shane Hines is there. It's sort of uh, uh, disappointing because he's a guy that I I did really like uh, out of the backfield coming out, and he just landed on the wrong team to kind of take advantage of that part of his game because they have one of the best pass catching backs in the league. So uh, that's that that's a concern. And then again, the usage is a concern. You know, Mac is getting in there some now. They, they'll love to to run Hines some sometimes near the goal line. Uh, so it, it, it's just it's a head scratcher man like yeah. i don't know what that team's doing right now i mean their, their quarterback had two busted ankles and still played i mean who knows what's going on with that team i i don't like it let's put it that way i don't like yeah it. he's rb 19 now i don't think he finishes that low but i have a hard time putting him much further than low end rb1 at this point just agreed for, for the 2021 Uh, If you can, but if you can buy him for an RB two price, go for it. Right. Like there are definitely managers out there that are even more freaked out than we are on this, you know, discussion here. It's like, there are definitely people out there that are going, Oh, he's not the bell cow and I'm one in three and it's time to turn it around and I'll sell him for a first and a a Jerry Judy or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe you can get some crazy deal done like that. 
And again, I'm, I'm kind of off the top of my head, but I would take the, the Taylor over a late first in Judy any day of the week. So, I mean, again, it's it depends on how you want to build your team and how you want to go about it. But if you're contending, I think he's still somebody you should target. I think he's got some value. Oh, I definitely agree. I, 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 I wonder, though, how many Taylor managers are really selling him at that price, though. I think... I, you never know. I always I, I write an article every week now for Fantasy Pros Dynasty Roster Renovation where I kind of go through some of these generic things. And it's like it's hard to give generic advice because there are so many different leagues. When I talk to people on Twitter, I get DMs from people all the time that are like, hey, thanks for the advice. I pulled this kind of trade off. And I'm like, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, you can't give specific advice in a general sense. It doesn't make sense. So it's, I'm just saying use that as a basis, kind of like, you know, or find me a trade that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. It's like, Use that as a, as a, I don't know, as a blueprint. You don't have to take it verbatim, but like just come up with something similar. Every manager is going to have their own biases and they're all going to have their own opinions. Try to exploit that is all I'm saying. If you can find somebody who's low on Taylor, now's the time to strike. But yeah, like if I, I have Taylor in a couple leagues, I ain't selling him for nothing. Like I'm, I'm riding this guy to the ground for the next five years is my plan. And it's going to take a lot to get me off of him. So yeah, every league is definitely different. Yeah, Definitely. I'm just going to go into one more guy here, and then there's one more, one other topic I wanted to bring up, and then we'll move into find me a trade, and that is uh, Nuke DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's been he's been a little disappointing this year as well. Yeah, started off with a bang, twenty six point three points his first game, then fi- about fifteen, then five, then ten point seven. Do you think I know he did get banged up, I think, in week two, which could have led to the bad week three and mediocre week four. Do you think it's just the injury? Or I'm a little worried that they 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 seem to love to spread it around. We've seen Max Williams pop up. Christian Kirk has had good AJ games. Green is blowing AJ up. Green yeah. has risen from the dead. Uh yeah, Rondale Moore had one good game. So uh so what do you think? You think it's just the injury? I mean, I kind of think that the days, especially given that what is what, 29, I, the, maybe the days of DeAndre Hopkins target monster are, are gone. I kind of agree. I think that's really what it comes down to is that they're spreading the ball around so much, especially in the red zone and at the goal line, right? They've got Connor punching things in all over the place. You still got Chase Edmonds. You still got Kyler running things in. They don't need to throw it to, to Hopkins as much. And obviously they've got all the passing options now. Kirk's still coming into his own. Rondell Moore showing up as a rookie, like you said, AJ Green. I mean, there's so many places to put the ball. They don't need to filter 14 targets to Hopkins like they used to, you know. And I, I, man, I, I going into the season, I thought he was still going to be a top five receiver. I thought he had that potential. Um, I remember I was on a podcast uh, going into last year, so it would have been you know a full year and some months from now. And I was on uh, the. Uh, the astronauts podcast and i was talking with jetpack galileo and he was like this guy's gonna be a stud and he's like i don't know he's on a new team and i ate all of my crow on that one like he dominated I was totally last with year. you on that i dominated was, last yeah. year so i'm like how can he be worse year two that makes no sense but yet here we are and it makes me nervous but i'm not panicking on that he also had touchdowns in the first two games he had two in week one which really helped his numbers and one in week two and he hasn't had any in the last two weeks so that obviously lowers his points those are fluky those will come back i'm not too worried there but he faces the Niners, the Browns, the Texans, the Packers. All of those games, I think they're going to be either walloping and, and throwing the ball all over the place because that's just what that team does. Or in close battles, maybe if you want to say against the Browns and the Packers, those are going to be good shootouts. So I do think there is a lot of potential for Hopkins to turn it around. I, I don't think he's someone you can really buy cheap either right now because anyone who has him, the name value alone is worth two firsts. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get him for a deal. 
But yeah, I, I don't think it's someone I'm panicking on, and I'm definitely starting with confidence every week. Yeah, I'd still be starting it, but but to your point about those touchdowns, I mean that that really buoyed his his, his value those weeks, like you For said. Sure. And I was just looking at it; it's it's he's six catches, four catches, three catches, four catches. That's that's not what you want to see from your potential wide receiver one. Uh, no, and, and eight, four, six, seven in targets. Like that's yeah. not great either. Like I want double digit targets for this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think we're starting to see the begin. I mean, his values already started declining. I think after this year, it's going to be he, his value is going to go in the toilet. He's going to be a thirty year old wide receiver who's not commanding the targets he did before. Uh, even if he scores a bunch of touchdowns or something this year, sort of like the way Thielen did last year. Um, where he didn't have an amazing year, but scored like 14 touchdowns. I, I, yeah, I mean, it might be time to get Alan Hopkins. I, I have a few shares myself as a guy who doesn't, doesn't just, you know, do the ages thing that much. <laughs> I, I definitely have some Hopkins that I, I was banking on more than this. And uh, it's probably a good idea to, to maybe get out now, I think. Uh, well, I think it's worth shopping. I will say that. I don't want to say like it's time to, to panic. Yeah, but I'm not worth, saying give him away. For it's anything. worth looking. Yeah, it's worth looking. Maybe there's someone who likes him more than you and he's got a guy that he likes less than you. Right. And that's always what we look for is the valuation difference, the opinion difference. That's what I'm looking for. So, yeah, I don't I don't hate that logic. I get what you're saying. Right. And one quick thing before we move on to the to the last topic before finding a trade. Uh, I did just want to mention anyone listening to this in podcast form will certainly already in, have seen this and known this. But I don't know if you saw, Andrew, uh, Russell Wilson, finger injury, Geno Smith in the game. What do you what do you think of that? What if what if what if Russell's out that Geno actually threw a, a touchdown at DK? It's let's let Geno cook. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not able to watch it, but right now I, I had to turn the TV off. We had a storm, and so it just I was like, no, I'd rather it not be on than be glitchy. Um, but at the same time, I, I was looking on Twitter just now, and somebody was saying the throw looked pretty good, like he's looking pretty solid. So that could be an interesting twist. I don't know if Gino leans on DK more than Lockett. That might change Lockett's value some because it looked like Lockett and Russ were cooking uh, as much as they like to do. I mean, up and down a lot, but I, it's it's going to be an interesting rest of the game. It's, I mean, they're in the fourth quarter, so. I mean, I don't know what to expect yet. Maybe they're just keeping Russ out to get him healthy. But if this is a, a weeks or a plural weeks thing, I mean, this could be could be dangerous for the whole team, really. Yeah, I, I just saw an alert on my phone: finger injury. I don't know if it's a broken finger or yeah, apparently you know. he had to like pop it back in, and everybody was talking about how they were you know showing it too much. That's all I saw. I didn't <laughs> see the injury, but I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see that tomorrow. So yeah, that, that that's interesting. If 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 Russ is out for multiple games, like I mean, you got to kind of lower everybody's value on there for a few weeks anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the one thing I did want to, uh, and I kind of skipped over, it, and that's my bad, Andrew. I know you wanted to talk about uh, Dalvin Cook, um, so I just wanted to to get into that real quick because I, I I think I might share some of some of your concerns, but uh, I'll well, let I, you go. I, yeah, I wrote an article about it last week for a Pro Football Network, whereas, you know, should we start or sit Dalvin Cook? And and pretty much the logic I took out of that article was if Dalvin Cook starts, I'm starting him. I, I can't bench Dalvin Cook if he's playing. If he's not playing, I'm probably starting Alexander Madison, maybe not as confidently. But if I have him in leagues, I'm probably playing him, especially in leagues where I have him with Cook. But the issue comes in if, if they both play, if Cook starts, is Madison worth playing also? And what I came to find out, and, and this ended up kind of being true because they both stunk, but like they're they're pretty equivalent, really. Like Madison's not much worse than Cook in terms of a lot of different metrics and things like that. So 
for me, at least it was Dalvin Cook has, has had some injuries. He's not injury prone. I'm not using that term. But any running back, Mixon is, is exactly in the same mindset where any running back that takes contact and, and seeks that out is going to have these kind of issues. And it's like, should we be concerned? Is this something that is is the tread wearing thin on these tires? Is it something we should consider selling before it's too late? And I know in Dynasty, I we we always want to get out before the floor falls. But is Cook one of those players you're willing to ride into the ground like a Julio Jones or something where it's like, Hey, maybe this is the kind of thing where I'm I'm just gonna take it and see what I get, or like an Allen Robinson who starts to see a decline. Maybe I don't sell. Maybe I just take it. So I guess I'm asking you, maybe more than anyone, like, are are we worried about Dalvin Cook? Are you worried about Dalvin Cook? What are you doing with him? I am not that worried about Dalvin Cook for 2021, with this uh, exception. It's I'm I'm a little worried that he's. I think they. It looks like he might play this week. I think they should sit yes. him. I, I do too. I feel yep. a lot more confident if they sit him a game or two. Because uh, I'm worried. He, he's he's even said that he's going to tough it out. He, that's what football players do. Uh, there's still pain. I think if he keeps playing with it and doesn't have a major re-injury, it, it could hamper his production. That's the concern for me. It's uh, a 17-game season, right? Yes. Like, Why are we rushing him back? I think... The Vikings are in an odd spot there. They have not done well this year. They've lost some really close games. And I feel yeah, like could have beat Arizona. Well, right. And then they, they couldn't beat the Bengals in week one. They had to go to overtime and losing a kick. You know what I mean? Like they, they've had a rough go of it. And I wonder if that has a hand in it where they're like, well, we can't afford to bench him. We need to win. And I, I'm with you, though. It, I'm not a coach. I don't have the experience. I'm not asking for the job. My God. But. I'm with you. I would probably bench him. I just feel like it, let him rest up, let him get healthy, and then we'll be good to go when he comes back. But but like you said too, it's 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 funny because they are a team more than most that could afford to bench him because they have a Madison. I mean, Madison yep. is not a, a a humongous drop off from from Dalvin Cook. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd feel way better if he sits this week. And uh, maybe even, you know, if he needs to sit another week and then I think it's full go, you know, if he can get that, you know, get that injury fully healed up uh, or, or as much as you can in season, then uh, I think I, I feel confident a, a healthy cook is going to be fine for this year. And I'm willing to ride that production out. Uh, we've talked about this before. I, I'll, I'll take that production and, and his value is going to decline next year, almost no matter what he does, because he's going to be. 26 uh, i think next year 27 maybe even next year i think it is so but yeah i'll, I'll take that production i just think yeah i mean it, if he plays this week i i actually feel less confident in him going yeah. forward almost no matter what he does just because i think it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna continue to be a problem well the more again if we're talking about how like is the tread running thin on the tires the analogy we always use then why are we driving the car you know what I mean? Like, let's just park it. Let's let that right. tread build up, right? Like, what are we doing here? And I, again, I get why the, the Vikings are doing it. He's their their guy. He's the, the offense kind of flows through him and all this. But yeah, one week is not going to kill you. If you bench him a week, you might get three weeks out of him. If you play him half-assed for four weeks, is that really worth it? I mean, I don't know. I'm with you, though. I, I he'd, he'd be good to take a nap. Let's just Take a nap. You'll be all right. Especially this week. I mean, you should be able to beat the Lions with Alexander Madison. God, you would think, right? <laughs> okay, so let's get to this find me a trade. We, we've babbled on long enough about other stuff. So 
this week it was submitted by Joshua Acton at Joshua Acton 90 on Twitter. Appreciate you sending this in, Josh. Um, it's a 12 team PPR super flex, uh, no tight end premium, four point passing TDs, minus one for interceptions, only 22 man rosters, uh, plus four taxi. Start 10, QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, obviously the super flex and two flex. It's also a league where uh, you get a two decisions. You one versus your head-to-head opponent and one versus the medium score. So he's he's seven and one, uh, second in the league. I think he might be second or third in points. Uh, and he says, I feel like i got to sell a team ready to contend and built for the future. But a little weak at the wide receiver position, looking to upgrade that without losing too much youth and, and be a champ for two plus years. Like good, good luck with that, Josh. I hope you That's do tough. that. But, That's <laughs> tough. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I'll let you get into the roster. And then before we get into one of our trades, he actually, um, I wanted to go over this with you. I don't know if it's still up there, but earlier tonight, I know he had a, a trade uh, up in that league. Uh, I, I don't know if you have that up on your screen. Okay. I do. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll go into that. But I, I, I want to start. Yeah, I want to start with the team because I think it's worth at least somewhat worth reviewing it in a sense and saying, here's what we got. So I'll share the screen for anyone watching live. I don't know how much of this you can see, but uh, he's got Ryan Tannehill and Justin Herbert as his two starting quarterbacks in the Superflex. Running back, he's got Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and Ezekiel Elliott. So he's pretty stacked at running back for the starters. Uh, receiver, he's got, well, that funny man, Cordero Patterson at receiver. Uh, Corey Davis and T. Higgins. It's a little light. I agree with him. And tight end, uh, Mark Andrews. We look at the bench. We kind of go down again. It's only 22-man rosters. This is a pretty short bench, which I think has a has a hand in some of this. But he's got Justin Fields as his third quarterback. Then running backs, he's got J- uh, J.D. McKissick, and that's it. Like, literally, that's his only other. He's got five running backs on a 22-man roster. After that, you got a bunch of receivers. He's got Calvin Ridley, who's out this week, obviously. He's got Darnell Mooney. He's got Michael Pittman. He's got Josh Gordon, who could be something. Anthony Schwartz, K.J. Osborne, Quez Watkins. So he's got some flyers. I don't mind any of those guys. And then tight end behind Andrews, you've got Gronkowski and Tanyan. And then, of course, uh, John Harris, who I'm not I'm not a huge fan of. Jacob Harris, right? Isn't it Jacob? Yep, Jacob Harris. Yeah. So again, like he's got some tight ends, and those aren't bad. There's maybe some strength there. On injured reserve, he's got Will Fuller and Tony Jones Jr. And then taxi, he's got Jared Patterson, Kyle, or Kyle Granson, Kyler Granson, uh, Josh Palmer, and Noah Gray. So he's got he's got a lot of talent. I do like it for a 22-man roster, but all of this this running back heavy at the top makes me nervous. It just it's not something I like to do with my teams. Is really what it comes down to. It's, it's very top heavy, but if you're contending, I don't hate it. Like this may not need a trade. There is a benefit to maybe not doing this trade. Thanks for fixing the screen there. But <laughs> what, what I'm looking at with this is like, he's got a pretty solid team. He's entirely right. This is a contending team. Uh, and I'll, uh, do you want to comment on any of that before we talk about the, the pending trade and then we get into ours? Maybe do you want to do it that way? Uh, yeah. And I just, just to comment on what you said, I, I kind of agree with you. And I looked at this. I, I don't hate the idea of just sort of standing pat with this roster. I think it's a pretty solid roster. Uh, I agree. He is a little light at wide receiver, uh, but I think you can get away with that with a lot of the other talent he has on his team. I definitely think he's a contending team, which when we get into the trades, uh, we'll see that one of us disagrees with that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but 
but yeah, so, uh, and uh, the guy mentioned, he actually DM'd me earlier tonight and, and mentioned that he had a trade in there. And I said, you know, keep it up there before you accept. We'll talk about it on the show and, uh, and, and see what we think. So uh, the trade he has, that's, uh, which I, I'm not sure we've ever done on the show before, an open no, trade in some I don't think league. we have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has an offer from a team that he said is says looking to start a rebuild of DeAndre Hopkins, who we were just talking about, and Miles Gaskin for CEH, a 2023 first and a 2022 third. To me, this is an easy reject. I, really? I, I don't know what you okay. think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's, it's an easy reject. I think it's a reject. I would probably ask for a little more or try to get somebody better than Gaskin back. That's yes. probably what my thought was going to be. I, I don't mind Gaskin. I think he's probably going to blow up this week because he was bad last week. Um, but he's not a good dynasty asset. I just don't see him long for that team. Clyde is going to be a little bit longer term asset. And the first, obviously that hurts. So my thought was either going to be, I would reject this trade as it is, but if it's the best you can do, then it's the best you can do, right? Maybe this is where you go back in a couple of trades and you go final go with the original. But I was going to say, instead of the 23 first maybe offer a 22 second and a 22 third with Clyde right take that first to a second this year instead of a first in two years then you're giving a a second and a third and Clyde I think that's a little more even given the fluctuation of Gaskin and the fluctuation of Hopkins I would probably do that but similar value to me but that first has more cachet to it I think you can get more for that yeah, I do believe he doesn't have a 22 second though, which would be a problem there. Well, I thought he did actually. I thought I looked at this. No, you're right. He doesn't. He has a 22 third. So then maybe you do a 23 second and a 23 third. You had another one in there or something, right? But yeah. what I'm getting at is I think we're on the same page. It's a little bit much. I don't think it's an easy reject though. That was where I was like, oh, really? You would you would smash reject on this? Yeah, well, yeah, about. because to me, Miles Gaskin has almost no value. No one expects him, including me, to have 2022 value. And Last week scared the hell out of me. He, You're he not alone. Point, yeah. He had 0.3 points last week. So I don't even know if he has 2021 value. Um, Malcolm Brown got significantly more snaps last week. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, so uh, literally he has like next to zero value for me in this trade. So it's basically DeAndre Hopkins to me for, for CH. For yeah. And, and, and at first, even if it's 2023, it's still a first. And the third is whatever. But so I I think I would rather have CEH in the first um, because of some of my concerns about Hopkins, too, that we just talked about. So um, even though he could use the receiver help, I, I wouldn't want to pay that much for it. So I agree. Yeah, I don't think Clyde and Hopkins are that far off is really what it comes down right. to. Yeah, the, Hopkins is definitely worth more, but I don't think he's a whole first more than Clyde right now. Right. Just because he's declining and Clyde is probably still ascending, albeit he he cratered and is coming back. But yeah, I don't think I think that first makes it a deal breaker for me. Not so much the Gaskin side, but I would try to move that first down to something else. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you you send one of your receivers, right? We just looked at his receivers on the bench. Maybe he sends like a a Pittman or a Mooney, one of those guys instead of the picks, right? And makes it two for two. I don't think that's terrible, right? We yeah. send like Clyde and Pittman for Hopkins and Gaskin. I don't mind that. Right. Like yeah. that's a little better. Get rid of the picks and player player only. I mean, there's some options there that might sound better to me or, or I'd be fine. I, I don't have uh, the other team's roster in front of me, but if he could get something more significant than Gaskin, then maybe I'd be fine with Clyde in the first. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be some kind of obviously superstar player, but to me, like I said, Gaskin is just, 
is almost at zero for me now after what happened last and really this whole season. I mean, even before last week, it's not like Gaskin was lighting it up. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I just I would need a more significant piece to part with Clyde in the first. So I get that. Uh, and so I guess uh, we'll get into the trades here. Um, I know Scott did give us one. You want to you want to give the people that, Andrew? Sure. I'll run through. I mean, it, it's it's similar to mine. So I think maybe it's a good segue into mine anyway. But uh, Scott's trade was to send Zeke to a team named Mauricio HL. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Mauricio HL for Jerry Judy in a second. And this is kind of what I was saying before. We're like, you know, maybe you can trade for Judy in a first in some places because Judy's not getting any points. Some people still he's still his trade value, but his production value is a little bit low right now. Um, so Scott said this and then he, he put on there too. He doesn't know what he's doing with his roster. It's old and super young. And I'm guessing he's talking about that Mauricio. The other yeah, guy. it just, uh, I was look, pulling it up. It, it's very, yeah, it is kind of weird. He has like Matt Ryan, Emmanuel Sanders, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Latavius Murray, T.Y. Hilton, but he oh, also yeah. has Judy, uh, Rondale Moore, uh, DJ Moore, Michael Carter, Trey Sermon. So yeah, he's all over the place. <laughs> but again, I mean that that sometimes you have those teams that don't know what they're up to, and maybe this trade forces them down a path, right? Where they look at this and they go, "Hey, now I'm contending, even if they really aren't." But the only thing I don't like about this trade is that I think it makes this team, Josh's team, significantly weaker now. And he's contending. He's seven and one. I'm just not sure that's enough for me. I like the value of it. Um, but I would want I, I want a little bit more production value because if I'm contending, that's kind of what I'm looking for is, is kind of pivoting in a way. Um, and so I'll kind of use that maybe as the, a quick segue into mine. Mine was in a similar vein, though. Well, it real quick, be, just yeah. to, to that point with the Scott's trade. I know he thought this team wasn't good enough to contend. Um, right. I think he mentioned because of his quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, and he's because he's, he's specifically Tannehill. He's not exactly sold on. I don't mind Tannehill as a QB two though. I think Tannehill is a fine oh, me QB neither. two, and, and, yeah. and a super flex. I think you can contend with with this roster for sure. I just think that the worry part is Patterson. Who knows what he's going to be long term? Ridley's out, so maybe that's kind of where there's a gap in the starting lineup right now. But Corey Davis is not bad as a wide receiver three. Higgins is a great great wide wide receiver two. I mean, there's some talent here, and I think he's really close. So. Again, his trade, Scott's trade was Zeke for Judy in a second. He then offers in his, and I'll finish this, I guess. He said maybe doing CEH for Judy in a first. I don't mind that, right? But again, you're losing production value. You're gaining trade value. You're gaining more assets. And he doesn't have a first or second next year. So that's not bad. But if I'm contending, I don't mind not having picks. I can get those after the season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let me, I'll trade, I'll pay a premium later to get him to give me the title. But my trade, again, in a similar vein was to send Zeke and Gronk to a quarantine, which I think is a terrific name for a team, <laughs> especially in this league, which is COVID dynasty. COVID dynasty yeah. <laughs> but so you send Zeke and Gronk for Godwin or McLaurin, whichever one the other guy likes less and Damian Williams. And the idea there is you still get production value out of Damian Williams. Quarantine isn't as much of a contender from what I recall. Their, their running backs are, are decimated. They've got nobody left at running back. So it adds Zeke, obviously, and Gronk, who's kind of a win now, but you can still trade to someone else. Or I would even say McLaurin and, and Williams is the two I would target. But if he's really high on McLaurin, maybe you pivot to Godwin. Maybe you add another piece in there. But I just think you need one more receiver here because it is three receiver start. You know, you've got two running back, three receiver. It is a PPR. I mean, there are things in here that make sense that I would want more receivers than running backs in this kind of league myself. And he's got four stud running backs. And what I would say is two and a half receivers with Ridley. 
I mean, I, I'd need to flip that. I would rather have four receivers and two and a half running backs. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm putting the value, the, the big chip from Zeke to McLaurin or Godwin, I guess. So what do you think about that trade? Yeah, well, I agree with you on the receiver point, too, especially with your starting three, and, and you can flex even more than that. Yeah, you flex uh, two of them, so you can start five receivers. Yeah, I, I like I, – I think the value is pretty good, and, and I don't mind uh, getting – I don't mind I, – I do think you should probably be trading a running back here because he's, he's got pretty nice depth at running back. So Very nice, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's like four or five deep at running back. And they're all very good running backs right now. So, uh, and I, I would love if he could pull McLaren because I, yeah, I, I love that guy. He's just, yeah, he's quarterback proof. Uh, he's just, you know, people, you know, he wasn't highly regarded coming out, but he's just proven it every step along the way. I, I just, I love watching McLaren play, but agreed. Uh, yeah, but. And Damian Williams is a nice little added piece to, to get in there, uh, you know, that you can use for the next month or so if you, if you need to in, in your flex spot. Um, my, I guess my only concern would be if the guy would accept it. I, I don't know what he's thinking um, right now of his team. He's with that, you know, against the median, you know, double decisions there. He's two and six, but he's only two games out of a playoff spot. Um, so, I mean, maybe he's trying to, cause will he take Zeke? Like you said, his RBs are not very good, but looking at it, he has like nobody, like it looks like he wasn't even trying to get running back. Like he has James Connor, Damian Williams, uh, Tevin Coleman, Darrell Williams, Alexander Madison. I mean, maybe this is a zero RB guy. It's I a don't zero know. RB build. Yeah. And this is, this is kind of where a zero RB build can pay off, but this doesn't show that. Yes. Like his, his receivers are stacked. He's got AJ Brown, Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, and Chris Godwin. Like this is more the team that I would usually build. Not the zero RB per se. I would usually have one or two, but he's got five stud receivers. That's why I think it's a perfect trade partner. His, his tight end, he's got Kyle Pitts. That's stud. Quarterbacks, he's got Burrow and Wilson. That's not bad. I mean, this guy should be contending. And if I'm that team, if I look at that roster and I go, really what I'm missing is a stud running back to fill that hole every week that I don't have to worry about it. You know, and I'm losing Williams. Okay, fine. He's a short-term guy anyway. But you add Zeke to this roster and you add Gronk as a flex. I don't think this team's that bad at all. I really think this team is a chance to, to turn it around a little. And that's kind of why I thought it would be a good partner. I also mentioned in my write-up that if you want to try to go for Jamar Chase instead, maybe you do something like, a, I don't know, CEH and Higgins for Chase and Connor. I don't know. Like, try to go big with it. And I don't know if I want both Chase and Higgins. But Chase is, in my opinion, Chase is the best asset on that team. But he's got Burrow and Chase. That's a stack. He probably wouldn't want to switch that unless you give him Higgins. I mean, there are some there's some you know gameplay that you can try to get into there. But that's the team I think of all of them that I would look at and say that's the team I need to trade with because they need what I have and I need what they have. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, I like it a lot as long as you know it's just a matter of this guy. Does this guy want Zeke? That's uh, that would be the only concern I have yep. with it. And that's what you could pivot to Ceh, like like Scott was saying. Like there, you know, you can maybe even true, pivot to Eckler if you wanted. I mean, even, that's not yeah, the only if, thing. if he decides he's not in it this year, Ceh I think is still an attractive guy to to go for, even in a rebuild because he's he's locked into Kansas City essentially for five years because they yep. have the uh, you know the, as a first round pick. They have the fifth year option. So, yep. uh, so yeah. So I'll get into mine and then we'll finally finish up here. Thank you for everybody to everybody listening uh, in podcast form or watching right now. We do have a few people uh, still watching uh, that, uh, you know, 
bearing with us. I, there's only two of us. I didn't, I, of course, in my head, I thought, oh, well, maybe we won't go that long tonight. And now we're over an hour and a half. So I missed you, Rock. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I guess fine. so. I guess so. <laughs> um, but I'll get into my trade and then we can finally finish up. So, um, Usually I can tend to kind of go for the, the bigger ones, but I, I actually went with a little bit of a more of a smaller trade this week. Um, and it's uh, actually uh, at least one guy we talked about earlier, which is Cordero. He has Cordero on his team and uh, I have him trading Cordero and either Tanyan or Gronk, whoever the guy likes better. Uh, obviously if he was playing, he'd probably prefer Gronk, but because of the injury, I wasn't sure, you know, which one would work. Mm-hmm. Um, to team Brandon Kiger. Hopefully, hopefully I'm, if you're listening, Brandon, I hopefully I didn't butcher your name. Um, <laughs> for for Tyler Lockett. Um, and uh, this would have worked better if they were not playing tonight uh, <laughs> because now he can't make this trade until next week. Um, but I still wanted to include it in here, uh, you know, for, for, for just for some sort of macro reasons to get into the idea of the trade. Uh, one of which actually would be timing, which if he was playing Sunday, timing would work better. But I like the idea of selling Cordero coming off the last couple of games. Tyler Lockett had not had a great last couple of games. Uh, I'm not sure what he's doing. He's five for 57 tonight. So he doesn't actually lit it up. But I like the idea that, you know, maybe this guy's not, you know, seeing, you know, he's seeing Lockett not doing great the last couple of games. And, well, and also Patterson this guy's got has both Lockett and Metcalf. Right. And that's one right? of the things I was going to point that, out that's too. That's different. And then the guy, the uh, Josh's team has Wilson. So it would add a stack. I love this trade. I think this is actually something you could pull off even after this week. I don't think that, I mean, again, I don't think Cordero is going to do zero this week and either Tanyan or Gronk. I mean, their value for the year is still pretty much the same. I mean, again, just looking at, at the overall, I mean, the, the guy's tight end is Higby who obviously scored a touchdown tonight. He's, been a little hurt, but he's not a dominant player. After that, he's got Everett and Hooper. He definitely could use a tight end. So yeah, I, I think your trade's right on the mark here. I think there is definitely some some hatred in a way for Lockett, who at this point in this league has only scored 10.7, which again, not terrible, but Metcalf scored 26. Right. right. So like Lockett is not the guy tonight. So maybe he gets out of it. Yeah, so it probably still works even like you said, because I I think we both expect Patterson to have a, at worst a decent week. Uh, with mm-hmm. no Ridley going against the Jets. And, uh, yeah, I, he is trading. This actually is uh, – Josh is the second-place team. This is the first-place team. Uh, but, but you know, if you're going to move Cordero Patterson, you have to move him to a contending team. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. That's another thing I wanted to point out. I don't worry about uh, who I'm trading someone to. Am I going to make this team better? I just worry about making my team better. So, right. Right. Uh, so – uh, that's one thing I wanted to point out here in terms of this trade. Um, and I just, the, the other team he has, he basically only has four running backs. One of which is Mostert who's out for the year and he has McCaffrey who's banged up Josh Jacobs, who was banged up. So uh, it's not that he's desperate for a running back, but he could certainly use one. You mentioned his tight ends are, are kind of a, you know, a mix of those guys you, you hope do well every week. And, and Tunyon is not, necessarily better than that but at least you have another extra guy to throw in there uh and like you said that's what i was thinking too if i own metcalf and lockett i'm looking to split them up i i have i had uh chase and higgins in a league and i was i just made a trade today to trade higgins uh because i i don't like having two receivers from the same team Uh, you steal from one for the other i I don't mind having like a running back and a receiver yeah but like two receivers it just you're too heavy on that team yeah it's not dfs guys come on 
<laughs> um, and uh, his wide receivers aren't super deep, uh, but he does have Visca, who again the timing kind of works out well in that regard too. That Visca had a you know nice game last week. He's kind of the, a hot name right now a little bit because of Char- the Chark injury. So uh, I think it works in a lot of ways, uh, and, and it still maintains. Uh, he doesn't. He wanted to say he didn't want to lose his youth. I didn't gain him any youth, but I traded uh, you know an old you know two old guys, no matter which tight end it is, uh, for another old guy. So you're not you're not gaining youth, but you're not losing any of your youth either. You're still holding on to all those young guys. So uh, that's where I was going with that. Any other thoughts on that before we close out here? I think we're all on the same page. We're all trying to say, you know, you, you definitely need some wide receiver help. I think that's the, the first thing I would do here is, is look at those teams that we mentioned even that have wide receiver depth and see what you can kind of what you can finagle. I do think too the way that the way that tonight's game went wasn't great for Lockett. Maybe that helps your case. Maybe you can go get him for a little cheaper. Um, I know in sleeper in some leagues you can trade for players after they've played, and I, I did this last week where Chase played on Thursday and then I traded for him on Saturday. He wasn't able to be in my lineup, but the guys that I traded away were not allowed to be in my lineup either, which was confusing. So <laughs> that that caused me to uh, to have a loss, which I was not expecting. But hey, yeah, got my guy right. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, long game. But at the same time, I mean, I might wait till see how Cordero does. If he blows up again, maybe you can get more. Maybe you can do a straight up Cordero for for Lockett, even in Dynasty. You never know. Lockett is so hit or miss. There are people people out there that are just out on him. You know what I mean? So, yeah, eh. maybe you can. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind losing the tight end because yeah, because he does have Tanya and Gronk, and is neither one of those is his primary tight end, which is Mark Andrews. So yep. Uh, so I didn't mind adding him in there. But if you could do Cordero for Lockett, I'm all about that. So. Um, Okay, so I guess uh, we'll finish up here, uh, you know, with some of our regular uh, business at the end here. One thing I did want to say is uh, we don't do this often enough. Uh, find me a trade. You know, we depend on your submissions to do it. So if you want to send it in, you know, you can send it to the Twitter handles, mine, Andrews, the, the pod, which I'm, uh, I guess I'll give now. I'm a Dynasty FF addict. Andrews at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, the pod is at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, and also Scott, who's not here, is at Scott underscore Sidlow. Also, make sure you're following the DAP Network on Twitter at DAP underscore Network. You can, uh, you know, get you'll see the live streams for us and and for Fantasy Timeline. Um, and uh, follow on YouTube. You can get them. You can see both shows there as well. Um, please give us a, a, a subscribe, rate, and review. Preferably a five star review, but uh, just a review. Let us know what you. You think of the show, anything we can improve, we're happy to hear about it. And uh, and make sure you're doing the same with the DAP Network as well, because there's a bunch of great shows there. Us, Timeline, Trade Addicts, of course, uh, Get Real with Casey Kasem. And uh, the newest one, uh, The Fantasy Narrative with, with Brian Haar and Dustin Church is another good one. So make sure you're doing all that. And then I just wanted to finish up. Uh, this is our first show in two weeks. And I know uh, this happened a little while ago, but I, I felt we should mention it, uh, which was uh, Mike Taglier. Uh, you know, everybody knows, you know, COVID, he passed away, very sad. And uh, it, 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 you know, and, it, you know, Andrew, you know, works for Fantasy Pros. So uh, he's probably yeah. even more so than me. You know, maybe I don't know if you've had contact with uh, Mike or, or not, but uh, I have not. But I mean, he was a, 
he was one of the first fantasy guys, you know, I, I really, you know, got into was, would read his articles. The primer was amazing. He's just an influence on everybody almost in this industry. One of the hardest workers out there from everything you hear. One of the nicest, you could just, you could just kind of almost tell from just listening to him. One of the nicest guys out there. Um, so I, I just wanted to acknowledge that even though it's been about, uh, two weeks now uh, since he passed away. Our hearts uh, go out to him and his family. And uh, Andrew, anything you want to say before we finish up here? I mean, I, I just it it I was uh, I was shocked when I heard. Right. I mean, we were all kind of figuring he would pull through and, and make it out of that and everything. And it just it 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 sucked. You know what I mean? Like that was just a brutal Saturday. I think that all of us kind of took one on the chin. And I know last week was tough for a lot of reasons for a lot of people and. It just didn't feel I just didn't have the energy. You know what I mean? It just kind of sucked the wind out of me for all a week Four, it was it was pretty brutal. Uh, took some time off Twitter a little bit there and kind of just, you know, put my priorities in order. But I'm, I'm right there with you. I think tags was the inspiration for me writing. And now, honestly, like I'd written some other things here and there, but never really dipped into fantasy. But after listening to him on the Fantasy Pros podcast for years and uh, following his work, I interact with him a little bit on Twitter here and there, but, you know, never really had him on a, on a podcast never really got to talk to him much was really looking forward to talking to him at the uh, convention, the expo. And I know he, he decided not to go. He got COVID right before that. So it's just a shame. I mean, he was just such a great guy and then there's nothing but good things that were said about him. So, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll miss him. And uh, obviously we'll, we'll try to keep going in his honor in a way and just make sure that we all put the best forth that put forth the best effort we can. Cause that primer was like a novel every week. I mean, that thing was nuts. And, and I'll Insane. be honest, like I, I've never seen anything like that. And I didn't read it every week at near the end of like this season. I haven't had time, but I know that was the the place I would start on Tuesday or Wednesday. I would go and just open that thing up and on my window and between things at work, I would read a couple blurbs and move on and read and come back. And it would take me the whole week to read it, but it was, it was part of my week. And I just, man, I tell you what, that, that hit me like a lead balloon, man. And I, I can't wait to read his book. I really do hope that his book, whatever he was writing gets published or released in some form because that guy had a way with words, man. And I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping we can do him proud. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, to- totally agree. And then I just also wanted to mention, it's amazing what, what this fantasy football community did uh, in terms of that GoFundMe. Uh, I, I think it got up to like, I, I, I haven't checked it in a while, but I know it got up to like close to, if not over $400,000. So uh, amazing that, you know, everybody contributed to that. Uh, it just shows how much how loved he was in 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 this community, and I I think we normally end with the uh, junkies out, but I think in honor of tags, uh, we'll just end with a little moment of silence here. I don't even think I'm gonna tag the outro at the end of the edit. We'll just do a moment of silence for tags, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>